Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kim Boo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Welcome to the table around which several writers are sitting right now. Although that is a little bit of uh, misleading. We are actually remote, pandemic precautions and all that. But we are around the metaphorical writers table here today. I am Kimbu York. Sitting here with me today is Melody Harris and Gina Edwards. As we start off the podcast, we decided that the best way to approach this so that you, our audience, would get to know us, your hosts, a little bit better. We've decided to actually interview each other on these first few rounds of episodes. Today on the hot seat is our very own Gina Edwards, who is a professional editor and a creative coach with years of experience helping authors to learn to write or actually write the stories that are in their hearts and what they need to say. She's also branched off now into incorporating women speak, which I think she's going to talk about a little bit in her own introduction and how that's helping not just women learn to own their own voice, but also specifically helping female authors and women writers learn how to use that and leverage that for sharing their own stories. So Gina, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit to us to get us started? And then I'll have, we'll hand it over to Melody so who can ask the first question on the dock. Absolutely. Glad to be here today. And um, I appreciate that introduction. Um, you kind of touched on a little bit of, of all of it. Um, I am an editor. I work with uh, both fiction writers and nonfiction writers in the nonfiction world, particularly women who are writing um, personal development uh, type of books. And um, I'm also a certified creativity coach. Yes, that is a thing. And yes, it is fun. (laughs) (laughs) And I am a licensed Women Speak Circle leader. And the way that all of those tie together is that um, I noticed in my work with women writers that there is oftentimes, even though, even though there's a desire to put their words on a page and get their message out there, there is also a whole lot of self-doubt and fear of judgment and perfectionism and other fears that come into play that sometimes um, hinder us from wanting to be seen. And yeah, in today's no world... in today's world as a writer though the readers want to know who the writers are and Mm. so that's what really led me to woman speak um which is a it is a public speaking training program but it's a very feminine centered program and it's not simply about learning how to speak from a stage it is really learning how to uh, claim our voice to sort of rediscover uncover and rediscover your voice Um, whether that's from a stage, on the written page, if you happen to be a writer, 
uh, in your everyday life, uh, in your workplace, um, wherever that is. Wow, this is Melody, a scout, and I'm so happy to be here with uh, Gina and Kimbu this morning the, during for our first podcast. I'm just super stoked about all the uh, exciting and fun subjects. Gina, you touched on some of those in your own introduction. Uh, it, so Gina, I mean, wow, it sounds like you have worn a lot of professional hats in your life. What would you say is your favorite one so far? <clears throat> I chuckle as you say a lot of professional hats because um, that's kind of an understatement. <laughs> Um, when I first got my degree in communications in college, I thought I was going to work in the advertising industry, which is very different today than it was back then. Um, I ended up working in a lot of different industries from plumbing wholesale to restaurant marketing and management, uh, television and radio. I worked as a consultant. I've owned three businesses. I worked in the environmental field. So a lot of different industries. Those have all carried lots of different kinds of titles, but in all of the jobs that I had, I've worked with words. Sometimes it was more academic and technical or scientific, um, which really kind of messed with my fiction voice. But um, in my professional career, I've always in some way or another uh, worked with the written word along with my own um, personal interests in writing. So oh, when it comes to my favorite, I think that I have several because it sort of depends on the aspect of my life that you're talking about. And there have been, you know, changes in society and all of that. So first of all, I would say that the television research work back in the mid eighties, I love the work itself, but I also really cherish that time because I feel like it was a more healthy uh, work-life balance time for all of us. It was before cell phones. There was no texting. Um, in my workplace, we all worked as a team, but we were, you know, we were friends too. And so we would get together after work, but there wasn't any expectation that we would ever talk about work. You know, if I got, if I got a phone call, landline, <laughs> if I got a phone call from somebody wanting to get together after work, it wasn't for an after work meeting. It was to go to taco happy hour, you know? <laughs> and so I just feel like there was a lot more balance back then. Um, it was very t technical and statistical work, but I really enjoyed, uh, we were uncovering the psychographics of our television viewership, which helped our advertisers. So it was fascinating mm. work. My other favorite I would say is where I am now. And that has more to do with as an editor and a coach and a woman's circle, uh, a woman speak circle leader, um, not only the work itself, but the transformation and the growth that I get to see from the clients that I work with. Hmm. And I think too, I'm just more comfortable and confident in my own skin now. And so I just mm -hmm. kind of enjoy it more. I don't really care what other people think. So I just kind of do my own thing. Well, I love the thing that you do because um, for those of you that don't know, Gina actually was an editor and uh, coach for me, writing coach for me as I uh, wrote my book, Soul of the Seasons, and uh, made that long and arduous journey. And I can attest to her proficiency in her craft. 
a lot of experience there. Um, you know, it's, as, as we say in the intro, women of a certain age, we've all had a wide variety of things. And, and what I've realized from what you said is that we have a real dearth of taco happy hour going on here in Tallahassee. So for sure. Um, <laughs> Do you remember limited taco bars? <laughs> oh, back in the day. Now you're gonna make me sad. <laughs> Ugh. But, uh, you know, one of the things is we did get a little bit into, you know, the aspect of writing and uh, your experiences as an editor and now as your um, and then your experience as a creative coach, uh, which certainly Melody Scout has has had a lot of experience with personally. I want to talk about, and this is one of my favorite questions. I forget which one of you came up with this question, but it's one I've been looking forward to asking. And it is, um, what, or I should say, how has the writing process changed you? Because I know you're working on your own book, aside from all the everything else that you're writing. So how has the writing process changed you? Love that question. Can't wait to hear the answer. Well... <clears throat> Writing is so central to everything that I do now. I mean, writing has become my life, both professionally and personally. Um, in terms of how it's impacted me, it's, I feel like it's opened up my eyes to so many things that I would not have been aware of if I were not a writer. Um, the self-reflection of journaling, uh, the research that I've needed to do for fiction, and I think just in general, the need for us as writers to be really attentive, to pay attention to what's going on in our world, you know, to be good listeners, to be very observant, um, because, you know, of course, we want to use everything that's around us in some way or fashion in our book. But also, I think um, less judgment um, and, and more compassion. I think both of those have been cultivated in me because of my writing. Um, it's made me, it's made me a more conscious and a more aware liver of life in general. Um, and th that's one of the reasons that I'm really glad that we picked out in our, in our tagline for the podcast, we include conscious living. So I'm really glad that we added that in because I think that's such an important aspect of being a writer. I think it does make us more conscious and aware. And one of my favorite quotes from the author Joan Didion, um, and I think it was from an essay that she wrote called Why I Write. It's, I write entirely to find out what I'm thinking, what I'm looking at, what I see and what it means, what I want and what I fear. And I think that really sort of encapsulates the, the effect of writing on me. I think we're definitely going to put that poll quote in the show notes because that's that's fantastic. Yeah. That's powerful. And uh, I, I can see and I've learned uh, listening to you in past conversations that um, you care deeply about not only the writing process, your own writing, but also, you know, your fellow writers and those you try to love and support. And so talking about the craft of writing, what would you say lights you up the most about that? About the craft of writing? Yeah. Well, I can, I can answer that actually from two perspectives, the perspective of the editor and the perspective of the writer, because both of those things light me up in different ways, but they're both related to the craft. So as an editor... 
seeing a writer, especially one who's struggling with something, really grasp a concept that's related to the craft. Um, I had a writer that I was working with a few years ago, and uh, we, you know, we started, she's got four books now, but this was on her very first book, and she was really struggling with point of view. And she was slipping in and out of this main character's point of view in a way that was confusing and so we did a lot of conversation and I gave her a lot of reading assignments and uh, a lot of research to do for her to, to really hone in on developing her voice and, and some exercises. And so she, she really has come a long way and she's in book four now and I see the evidence. I see the evidence. And when I see that, I know that she's internalized the craft. She doesn't have to think about it anymore because she gets it. From a writer's standpoint, um, craft involves the technical aspects, you know, grammar, punctuation, alliteration, those kind of things. But I love in my own writing to see how just a simple restructuring of a sentence, moving around the words in a different way, uh, maybe adding in an M dash or an ellipses I know that's really nerdy, but from a craft <laughs> standpoint, I just love to see how sometimes the subtlest things that when you put it in the context of what else is around it can really make a difference in the way that it's going to impact your reader. I know that was a nerdy answer. <laughs> uh, we're all nerds here. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, because oh, I mean, I, I know the alt code for doing an M dash, so I've really got, you know. <laughs> I absolutely have no space to, to criticize on that one. Uh, I'm going a little bit off script uh, I, because when you were talking about being both a writer and editor, um, which neither Melody nor I are editors in the sense of being a professional editor the way you are and, and what you've spent years doing. And yet, I think every writer is an editor on the inside. We're constantly editing our own work. And when I think about creativity and craft and even conscious living to a certain extent how do you deal with that inner editor voice when you're trying to unlock creativity Ooh, that's a good it question. is <laughs> so important to keep the creative separate from the reviser the editor so keeping that you know putting the words on the page when you when you're working on that first draft and just getting out the story and writing from your heart and um, saying what it is that you want to say without judgment, without restriction, without um, without self-editing, without censoring yourself. So scary. Uh, be, being able to do that <laughs> is a whole different mindset from the revision process. I'm really glad that you asked this too because I see so often brand new writers focusing first on the technical aspects of the craft. You know, do I have the punctuation mm -hmm. right? And, you know, uh, is that grammar correct? And that's not where you need to be when you're putting down your first draft or maybe even your second draft. And so being able to acknowledge those voices <laughs> Say thank you, I, I hear you, and I'll get around to you eventually. Uh, but setting them aside is very important in order to be able to really listen listen to your heart. Um, sometimes for some writers that can be um, 
the physicality of the writing can actually help that process. Uh, I really highly recommend in the, in the, and I know a lot of writers are going to resist this when they hear this. I really recommend in those first phases of getting out what it is that you want to say that you handwrite as much as possible. And as tedious and difficult as that sounds, Julia Cameron talks about this so much in the artist way, that connection between the head and the heart and the hand is so much different when you're putting a writing implement to paper and moving your hand physically across the stage than it is when you're just, you know, touching the the keys on a keyboard. It's a very different process. That's nice. I can attest to um, having a pretty harsh um, inner drill master that, uh, and, and being grammatically challenged, self-professed, uh, that it is so tempting to, to edit and go back and edit. But, uh, what you say is so true in those first few drafts, it's better to just let it, let it go and just keep that flow going. So I think that's a really valuable piece of advice for, uh, new writers, any writers. And sometimes it's necessary for us if we find that we're getting too caught up in that uh, revision mindset or we're listening to those voices that are, you know, niggling at us, um, that we really reconnect with the with the why for why we're, we're writing. Um, I did a workshop on this yesterday and, and there's a whole kind of process that we go through to get to that because a lot of us don't consciously think about our why for writing. And I'm not talking about, you know, to sell books, to make a reader laugh or make a reader cry. Those are all end results. This is more about your passion and your calling and why you are really driven to write this particular story in this particular moment and why it needs to come from you. And so if you can get at the heart of that and remind yourself of that, then it, I think it's easier then to stay in the creative stage than moving on into that revision and self-judgment stage. Nice. And I'm excited about uh, some of our future podcasts where we're going to talk about these subjects more in depth because so many writers are challenged by these very things. So I'm excited about that. I am too. And I also like the way that it kind of melds into bigger issues of life as well, because, you know, self-judgment is something we all suffer from just across the board. In I have no idea what you're talking about. It's complete mystery. I've heard other people deal with this. Thing. Uh, but I agree. It's not just an issue for writing, but we carry those lessons into our writing from our lives. I think there's mm-hmm. a real feedback loop there that, that I, I know uh, Melody's going to be talking about that in future episodes when we get into to some of the Soul of the Season episodes that we've got planned, exciting stuff down the way. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that too. Definitely. Me too. Yeah, so we've talked about some of your favorite things you like about writing. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> tell us, do tell, what is some of your least favorite aspects of writing? Ooh. And you can't just Ooh. say writing. Like, that's not a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, the writing part. That's what I think. The, no, no. Can't the least favorite part... Um, the starting. Mm. Once I get 
once I actually get my butt in the chair in a given writing session, I'm fine. Or once I've gotten a, a project begun, and so when I sit down the next time, I've already got a flow to it, and I've already got some some backstory and some history to it so that I can dive right in. But the very first stages, it's like I need a real push to get started. And how do you do that? What's your method? Come on, you open the door for that. Oh, one. you know what? It it really it really goes back to the why. You know, we don't usually like start we don't we don't sit down and go, "Okay, today I'm going to start a writing project and this, you know, this writing project is going to be and then just come up with something in the moment." We sit down to write because we've been inspired by something. And so reconnecting with whatever that inspiration is uh, is usually what will what will really kickstart me. If I can remember, like with this novel that I'm working on now, um, I literally heard the main character's voice in the middle of the night. She woke me up and I sat straight up in the bed and I heard her say to me, I know what family I come from. And so whenever I'm um, hesitant to, to sit down in a writing session or to approach that next scene, uh, then I remember Libby's voice and that statement from her is sort of been the pivotal uh, point around which the rest of the novel rotates. And so it reminds me that I, I really need to tell her story. Wow. That's so yeah. powerful. I think we might have to have a whole podcast on, you know, what our, uh, our conversations with our characters. Uh, yeah. That can be crazy, awesome, powerful, scary. Um, <laughs> sort of experience. Make a yeah. list. <laughs> and I'll have to say that one thing that helps me, you know, in the writing process has been uh, the Women Writing for Change writing sessions that Gina created. If you are mm -hmm. not a, haven't joined that on Facebook, Women Writing for Change, um, we have she's put together um, the kind of a free form. Uh, there's a schedule right on the on the Facebook page, and that's what it's designed to do. Get sit your seat in the butt. No, your butt in the seat. <laughs> that works that's better. What, <laughs> that, Speaking of editing, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I find I get a lot done, and the accountability for me showing up and the support of the other fellow writers is really powerful. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks for mentioning that. Um, we we get together and write, and these are women from all over the world because you know Facebook lets us connect with with people everywhere. Um, we get together three to five times a week and we just write for an hour at a time. And um, it's a very uh, open and non-judgmental. doesn't matter what kind of genre you're writing. You can journal if you're not uh, writing for publication. Uh, and we just log on, say, hi, here's what I'm working on today. If you don't have a project, I'll give you a prompt. And we write for an hour and then we check in afterwards. It's a, it's a great, great thing to have, like writers groups like that. I'm looking forward to participating a bit more in that when I'm not dealing with the day job, which is, we know, so as the, some of us know, that's going to be not on my agenda too much longer. Soon. So. Soon. Soon. 
soon. But, you know, I think this whole conversation segues very nicely uh, when you're talking about uh, you know, the inspiration and the purpose of our next question is, what does writer's block mean to you then? Oh, I don't like that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really don't like it. Too bad. Are you, are you uh, get, getting a block on that question? <laughs> <laughs> Speaker's um, block. You know, I've gone back and forth with whether I really believe in writer's block or not. Mm. And I think that there are several things that cause writers, what we like to define as writer's block. One of them is... Um, an obsess. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Is is um, a preoccupation too early on with the craft? Mm-hmm. Um, that can that can block a writer feeling like, oh, I don't I don't know how to do this technical aspect of, of writing, and so I'm just not going to write it. Um, I also think, especially when it comes to uh, memoir and some of the more personal writing, that blocks can happen when a person is not yet emotionally prepared to address whatever the topic is, even though they're longing to talk about it, uh, they just may not be ready. And so it may just need to sit a while. Uh, Sometimes I think that, and Kimbu, I think that you and I might've had a talk about this recently. Um, I think that as adults, we don't like to think of ourselves as beginners. We don't like to Think about the fact that we can't be good at something right off the bat. When we're kids, mm-hmm. everything is new to us, right? You know, anything that we try, we're an amateur at. <laughs> but as adults, we really resist that. We want to be the, the, the master of whatever it is that we're doing right from the get-go. But writing, just like any other art, uh, dance, painting, you know, any, any of the other disciplines requires practice, And we don't often talk about writing practice in terms of like rehearsal, you know, like this is, this is not for publication. This is something I'm just going to write for myself or, you know, just write to play around with. We don't really give ourselves permission to do that very often. And I think that if we did, that writer's block would occur less often. That is so true. I, um, from my own experience of having unrealistic expectations of myself and my writing is a Mm -hmm. surefire way to set up inhibitions and that fear of making mistakes, fear of making failure. I love what Anne Lamott uh, said about uh, writing in the process of writing. She said, you need to be willing to, to create a shitty first draft. (laughs) And uh, I had just always remembered that it's like, okay, to make mistakes. I've even written entire novels and that never saw the light of day, but it was a good process and good exercise for me. So totally get that. Two things I always like to remind writers of, um, Mm. and and I just lost them, I think. No, the first one is, (laughs) the first one is that you write your drafts for yourself and then when you go back and you do your revision, you think about your reader. So some writers get into writer's block or, or that, you know, um, sort of restriction when they think too soon about their readers. And so uh, really giving yourself permission to do the, 
do the draft for yourself. Write it, write it as if you were writing something for only you to read. Oh gosh, that's really powerful. Thanks. I mean, I needed to hear that today. So whatever we take away from this um, podcast, that's coming with me because that, that I needed to hear. Excellent. That's powerful. And I've forgotten the other one, but keep talking and it'll come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I don't, I've kind of lost thread myself. I don't even know whose turn it is to ask a question. Is it, is it yours? Is it yours, Melody? Oh, well. I can't know. I can't know. We can't know. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Well, anyway. We're hitting, yeah, moving right along. Um, I'm a technical person, and so I'm just going to go ahead and leap into this one because I'm always curious about the tools that writers use, whether they're actual tools like notebook and paper or if they're more digital tools, software. Uh, what has helped you as a writer? What tools, not necessarily you would recommend everybody's different, but that you mm-hmm. find value in? Well, I alluded to this. No, I specifically stated this earlier (laughs) (laughs) that I, I really cherish the ability to write with a writing implement on paper. And I'm a big fan of pencils. (laughs) I had this conversation with a writer the other day. She was like, I hate writing with a pencil. I hate the way that it feels on the paper. And I feel like that, you know, scratchiness across the page, it makes me feel like I'm leaving evidence that I've been here. You know, so I just love writing with a with a pencil on paper, Um, but it really depends on what I'm writing. You know, that's the way I do my journaling. That's the way I'll do a lot of my ideation when I'm first working on something. When I get to the point where I'm actually drafting out full scenes, um, I am still learning it, but I'm I'm using Scrivener. And I know that it's a whole lot more powerful than what I'm using it for right now. It's, I will tell you that there is a big learning curve, but it seems like it's going to be worth it. So I'm doing this novel in Scrivener kind of as a learning process for myself. And then hopefully I can help other, other people learn it too. Oh, Keely, Keely. (laughs) I didn't know we were going to have another guest. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the other host. Excuse you. Yeah. No. Yes. Um, I, don't, I don't know if she's going to make it in there. That's a, she's been asleep this whole time. And, oh. Right. Like, it's like suddenly, I don't know. She heard something I didn't, I guess. Sorry about that. Oops. No problem. Um, so I'm curious, Gina, uh, at what age you first recognize um, your urge or your inclination toward writing. You know, I've thought about that a lot, and it's hard for me to pinpoint that. (laughs) I remember um, my childhood friend and I passing notes in class. If my dad is listening to this, no, I didn't do it. (laughs) Passing notes in class, and we created the most elaborate stories. Some of them were about the things that were really going on in our oh-so-important lives as seventh and eighth graders, and some of them were things we just made up. And I actually still have some of those in a in a, in a chest. I should... Ooh. No, maybe I shouldn't pull them out. I was going to say I should pull them out and look at them, but I don't know about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that I, you know, I've always been a big reader. Um, you know, books just have had such an impact on my life in so many different ways. And I would completely escape into books when I was a child. And so I think that 
being on the reader side of it, that there was always some part of me that really longed to be able to write the kinds of things that I was reading. So I think the urge has always been there. I didn't um, explicitly act on it until I was probably in my late 20s when I really started thinking seriously about fiction. And that's now Ooh. many, 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 many decades ago. <laughs> couple oh, geez you're not that old <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, excuse me so um I think it's you know we're kind of we're kind of getting into the end part of the um interview but you did talk about your book a little bit earlier and I know you're probably not at the stage to really go into a lot of sharing that with the public and stuff but um I would love to hear more about your process in writing that book and, you know, the time and the energy it's taken from you and how that's impacting your life. Uh, because I know it's, it's been going on and it has a, impacted your life. We talked about this in the past. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I started the book because of this voice that I heard, uh, a nine-year-old named Libby. The novel is set in 1968, which I didn't recognize at the time in picking that time period to locate her. She told me that that's when, you know, when it was. I didn't pick it, but um, I realized that that was such a pivotal time in my own life. That was when I was really trying to figure out where I fit into the world and what the world really meant. And there were so many, you know, we're talking the late 1960s. And so there were so many things that were going on in the world that I did not understand at that age. And so the, the novel that I'm working on now is a combination of this young girl and her mother, a widow, a young widow, trying to sort of make sense of everything that's going on from the complications of their family relationships and the racism in their community and the uh, mixed messages that they, that they get from, uh, you know, people of authority. And so examining my characters' perceptions of these things has really made me think very deeply about my own belief systems and how I came to believe a lot of the things that I believe. And it sounds like the last wow. couple of years of pandemic and stuff has had um, probably put a laser focus on a lot of that for your story. I was going to sure. say it, it's, that <laughs> top topic is so relevant right now. And mm -hmm. I, for one, am looking forward to uh, maybe even be a beta reader when you get the get it far along. <laughs> it's getting close. It's, I got too many words right now, but it's getting closer. I don't know. I'm not familiar with this concept of too many words. <laughs> <laughs> My computer holds a lot of words. <laughs> well, and, you know, I want to acknowledge, too, you know, I, yes, I am an editor. Uh, yes, I am a coach. But I am not the be-all, end-all authority on this process that we call writing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've had my own struggles as well. And quite frankly, that's one of the reasons why I've gotten into doing the work that, that I'm doing, because the best way to learn something is to teach it, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, this book has been going on for decades, and uh, it's time for it to be done. 
Um, <laughs> some of that has been my own resistance, my own, um, I'm not going to call it writer's block because I don't ever feel like I was blocked in terms of not being able to write, but more of a, of a resistance because of that emotional readiness that I talked about earlier, uh, facing my own um, complicated feelings and prejudices and uh, beliefs about things and, and really owning um, what it was that I wanted to say about that. So, so there was resistance around that. And then there was also the reality of, of life in general, you know, having, having a job that at times was requiring me to work for 70 hours a week and having no energy when I would come home from work to do any writing. And so I would go, I mean, there, there've been a lot of decades since I first started this book and there have been decades when I was not writing on this book. And so it has been a living document for quite some time, but I haven't spent decades writing it. I've spent some decades not writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm familiar with that too. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, I know nothing of what you speak. Having <laughs> the novel I'm currently work on, I was shocked to find out it's been nearly 20 years since I Ooh. first started writing it. Oh, goodness. Uh, that's the other side of living as long as we have. You know, I'm not 25 years old and thought up something two years ago, and that was forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the great thing about living as long as we've lived is the accumulation of ideas that we've mm. got. I am never yeah, going to be able to write true. everything that I want to write. I have got two file boxes full of ideas. Wow. So, you know, I got no excuse for not writing. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So, Gina, if you could choose any author, who would you like to join you around the writer's table? Oh, dang. I that have to pick one? Me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Seriously? Come on. You know. How about your favorite for today? Like, okay, yeah, favorite? that's that's probably a better question. And I'm going to, um, and I know that it's because of us talking about her quote, but I would say for now that today it would be Joan Didion. Mm. She was such, her her perspective on life is like none other. And the way that she puts words together it, it's, it's magic. It's really, it really is magic. And I would love to have a conversation with her. I probably wouldn't be choice. able to keep up with her, but I would love to have a conversation <laughs> with her. <laughs> be talked at, at her, by her, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and if, choice. you know, this is quite a, quite a contrast, I guess, but also if I had to pick another one, somebody that would be super fun to have around the table would be Fran Lebowitz. She is a riot. Mm, oh, I know a lot of people don't oh, appreciate her sense of humor, but she cracks me up. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's sharp as a tack and hilarious. I totally, yeah. I would love to sit at the table as well. Again, okay, you can join us. Much. <laughs> Thank you. So we're wrapping it up. I can't believe it's almost been 40 minutes already. Uh, so, but we do have a final question for you. Um, this is another one of a question I, I think, Melody, you came up with this one, uh, but it's a good one. And I think it's a great one to wrap up the interview and our talk today. Would you give us 
give us three words. Three. I'm holding up my my fingers so she can see me on the video, even though you listeners can't see it. Um, that describe what writing feels like to you. The top of mind, first one. Frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're honest. Uh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, but in contrast to that, I would also say that it feels like freedom. Mm-hmm. When I have had a great writing session, there is nothing like the elation that comes after that. And, and the reason that I think I picked the word freedom is that creative spontaneity that happens sometimes when we write just feels like freedom to me. Nice. And you want one more, right? Uh-huh. That's three. Well, that's two. Three. Frustration and freedom and and I would say that writing feels sacred. Mm. Oh yeah. There is a it feels like a gift. It feels like a gift. Um, I started to say the word privilege, but there, that word is very loaded these days. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like it is an honor to be able to write. I feel mm-hmm. like I always want to respect writing and the writing process. And so it, it definitely feels sacred to me. Hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I yeah, that was my question. It was all touchy feely for sure. It was <laughs> I came up with. <laughs> but I love it. I love it for those reasons. It really, you know, makes dials it down, boils it down. What's what's a nonviolent version of that? Um, but uh, uh, those those are pretty powerful. I mean, frustration, freedom, and 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 sanctity really are uh, three very important aspects of writing for all of us yes so i think you chose some pretty good words to give us some food for thought thank you you have any uh wrap up to what we've talked about we're going to include information on how to find gina and melody a scout and even me uh but it's going to talk a little bit more on our show notes when we post this episode where you can actually read a little bit more about gina and uh what she has going on including women writing for change and her women speak programs but you have any words to wrap up with for us here today gina No, I just, I really enjoyed the conversation. You know, you and I, you guys and I have gotten together so many times and uh, tossed around all that is writing. So I'm glad that we're doing this in a way that hopefully other folks can enjoy and benefit from. Thank you, Sisters of the Writing. Yes. Ah, yes, very much so. Uh, Next episode i think i'm on the hot plate because we're saving melody for last as a bridge into some of the other episodes we've got planned again our website will have more information about that if you as a listener would like to go check it out Uh, but we plan to do these roughly once a month maybe some surprise episodes in between we really hope that you subscribe and uh if you've got any feedback for us go to our website uh we have uh email that you can click there so that you can reach out to us and suggest perhaps future topics or people you would like us to interview. In the meantime, we welcome you and thank you for joining us here around the writer's table. 
thanks for joining us around the writer's table. Please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundtheridertstable.com. Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at aroundtheridertstable.com. Everyone here around the writer's table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time.